Hey everyone, this is Rob with Four Songs Podcast, and don't look now, I'm kind of sort of back in a routine. I got this episode up within two weeks of the last one, and I can't guarantee I can keep this going, but it's just good to get back in the saddle again. Now this episode's special to me for lots of reasons. Now I say that for every episode, and of course they all are special to me in one way or another, but this one's got a lot going on. Number one, I bring back Louis Michaud of the Louisiana-based Lost Bayou Ramblers. If you recall, I spoke to Louis last September as their pandemic was raging, and we weren't really sure when live music would come back. Well, here we are almost a year, more than a year later, actually, and live music is coming back in fits and starts, but as Louis talks about, shows get canceled, rescheduled, and postponed so much, it's kind of hard to make a living still. I mean, it's getting harder and harder, no matter what, how you look at it, but especially now, I imagine how frustrating it is to have dates moved around and really out of your control. Anyway, we talk about that. And we also talk about how Louis and his bandmates have helped work to restore services and really humanity to some parts of Louisiana that were ravaged by Hurricane Ida, a Category 4 storm that left much of Louisiana completely in the dark for weeks this past summer. That's right, in weeks, including New Orleans, one of the most amazing cities in the world. Which leads me to my third point as to why this episode is so cool, is because we talk about energy and solar policy, which I kind of sort of do for a living. I don't get many chances to mix business with pleasure in this podcast, so this conversation is pretty cool for me, and I hope for you too. But most importantly, we're here to talk about Louis' quintessential pandemic musical project that recently released EP Tiny Island, which is a live set featuring Misha's Melody Makers, one of Louis' many musical side projects. The five-song EP was recorded literally, wait for it, on a tiny island outdoors on Louis' property. A Tiny Island was released digitally in September, but you can order a special 12-inch version on vinyl for delivery just in time for Christmas. So get those orders in now because we're not that far away from Christmas. But even better, this version of Misha of Melody Makers includes renowned cellist, singer, songwriter Leila McCullough, formerly of the Grammy-winning African-American string band the Carolina Chocolate Drops. And as Louis details, Leila McCullough adds a brand new dimension to the band, creating a unique sound that perfectly complements his fiddle and the rest of the players. I mean, when you think about it, Louisiana is such a melting pot. You get these cultures coming from all over the world, the Spanish, the Haitians, the French, the Irish, coming together, creating this incredible form of music. And you just hear it, the passion that he has for it in his voice, in his interview, and in his music. I caught up with Louis in late October while he was performing his dad duties, that is picking up and shuttling his kids around the area where he lives. There are times when our audio gets a bit rough, but it's not too bad. And there's even a time we had to switch from Zoom to a cell phone, which explains a distinct change in tone about halfway through the interview. We talk about three songs from Tiny Island, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce them because, as you remember, traditional Cajun music is sung entirely in Louisiana French. But remember how I said this album was recorded outdoors? What's really fascinating about it is that it is not only a slice of pandemic life, but you hear how the bugs and frogs in Louis' property chime in and actually chirp along with the band as they play. In this interview, you hear Lou's love for nature, music, and sustainability throughout. Oh yeah, he also drops a bit of hopeful news for those of us who saw Louie and the Lost Bayou Rambler supporting the original Pogues musicians Spider Stacy and Kat O'Riordan during their poetry tour last March. I'll let Louie deliver the news, but suffice to say, I know at least one person, Tony from the Pug, will be one happy camper. So with that, I'm Rob Thormeyer, and it is my high honor to welcome Louis Michaud back to Four Songs. Thank you, Louis, for joining me again for Four Songs. It was an honor before, and it's even more so to have you back. So uh, how have you been? 
And uh, pretty good, pretty good. Been luckily been playing more music than the last time we spoke, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh... Yeah, it was about a year ago. I, I think we were, we talked, and it was after the unfortunate end of the poetry tour. Yeah, like looks like uh, looks like we might be up continuing the poetry uh, tour oh. again next March. So oh. nothing nothing in stone yet, but uh, talking about it today with Spider. So oh, well. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before we get to Tiny Island, I also wanted to just catch up with you on Hurricane Ida because I, I know you and the Ramblers did quite a bit to help the community out after the immediate aftermath. And just, you know, wanted to, if you see, if you could just talk a little bit about what y'all did and just if that's still going, how people can help. Definitely. So we actually did our first flyout gig. I'll throw a little back. So we did our first flyout gig at the very end of August and we saw the hurricane coming our way and it was a bit freaky because it was like I hadn't flown in two years and, or you know, a year and a half and then it seems like every time a hurricane is coming at us we have travel plans huh. and it's always pretty stressful because you know for one will I get stuck abroad and not be able to get back to the family for two will it come at us and with, in which case you gotta be home there's no we don't evacuate, you know, I mean, I'm not like up on the coast or anything, but still you just evacuating, I think is a more newer thing. And we don't, you always want to stay with your ship, you know, with your house yeah. and your family. We had to change all our flights around and we ended up, you know, flying out of Houston instead of New Orleans. But it was just a lot of, a lot of that. And then we finally got, got to Denver, did the show and hauled butt back. I mean, we played on the Saturday night and was home by noon on sunday wow so it was a quick quick turnaround as it had to be and we got back we heard that one of the only person that came backstage ended up testing positive so we all went into quarantine uh i went in my little studio boat uh brian ended up having to quarantine the whole thing in the in the van because he was couldn't get back to new orleans uh and you know just sitting there in quarantine following Twitter and Instagram, try, like the hashtag Hurricane Ida to see what was happening. And all of a sudden, I started seeing all these people from Laplace tweeting, please help like flood the water, the six feet of water in my house. And I'm on the roof and my grandma and is in the attic and all this stuff. And I was like, man, I wish I could help. But of course, it was middle of the night. We're in quarantine, two hours away, middle of a hurricane. The next day, we decided, well, I think we're all good. Or the, two days later, we decided we're all good because no one had any symptoms. Everyone was fine. I didn't, I wasn't even close to the person. So I finally just decided uh, after talking to a few friends in Homa and Golden Meadow that had roof damage and had leaking in their house. And the one had a tree that fell through his house and couldn't get to his medicine. I finally figured I'm just going to start a quick fundraiser and go try to help these people. And I posted on Nouveau Electric Records Instagram that I was going to get a few people together and go help the next in two days. And when I woke up, that was like at 10 o'clock at night when I woke up the next morning, there was $10,000 in my Venmo. <laughs> and by the, uh, you know, by the, by two days later, I think we'd gone over 20. We spent the whole next day just gathering supplies. We filled up the Ramblers van with supplies. Brian drove it to new Orleans to bring people water and gas and food because they lost all the electricity and everything and 
then the next day went to Homa and started helping people out. You know, it was amazing because it was just like everyone was just in the dark. There was no water, no food, no gas. Wow. Just it's so crazy how fast things can shift, you know? Yeah. You, you think, well, well, okay, but then, I mean, you know, a lot of the, the grocery stores had damage. The restaurants had damage. No one had power. You know, it's just what do you do? And we made a few trips down over the following weeks. It was amazing the things we saw and the the situations. Amazingly, amazingly horrible, you know. Yeah. But, uh, amazing, nevertheless, just to see the value of the basics that we take for granted every day. So, you know, as now now that we're six weeks past it, you know, obviously things have slowed down in terms of the immediate needs. Like just even from week one to week two and week two to week three, you could see the needs shifting from gas and water and food to trying to uh, rip out moldy sheetrock and all that. So we did three big trips down and then a few smaller ones. And then I decided after speaking with a friend of mine, Monique Verdant, who started another golf as possible and is, and the other part about the hurricane is it really affected a lot of the indigenous communities in Southeast Louisiana that many, many people aren't aware of, you know, Homa is the original name of the, of the tribe that had been pushed down to the wetlands originally from further North. And there's a bunch of smaller bands they broke up into because they never got full recognition, including Pointe Shan and Dulac and Grand Bois. You know, these people are already on the fringe and already living on the edge with not a lot of so resources to start with. So they were in dire need. And my friend Monique Verdant is part of some of the is part of the Plenershan tribe. And she was we were talking the next day and she said, you know, if we're not getting solar and battery power to these people, you know, all we're doing is just putting little band-aids in to come right off. Yeah. So I had the so you know with her inspiration and with something that I already believed in. I started something called the Louisiana Solar Fund. And with the intention of getting battery back up and solar to some of the houses that withstood the hurricane that are still standing, which was surprisingly a lot. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. for a category four, many people say it was actually a five, but they didn't designate it so because of different reasons. But for a category four, to hit and there still be quite a good bit of structure still standing and still intact. That was pretty encouraging, but so many of the newer houses are, so to say mobile homes and different types of construction just did not make it. But the ones that did, if they had battery backup and solar panels, they would have been in such better shape and able to take care of their people. So that's the whole point of Louisiana Solar Fund. And uh, if anyone does want to donate, it is louisianasolarfund.org. It is a 501c3 under a nonprofit I had started back in 2007 called Cultural Research Institute of Acadiana. And we've already raised enough to start. Uh, I just actually, I just got my first solar generator in today. It's wow. called New Use Energy and it's 2200 watts. It's the size of a Pelican case and it comes with a fold out solar panels and it's it's enough to keep you know either a, a high efficiency deep freezer going or even like a window unit going overnight 
if we can, we're, and we're going to be ordering more of those and getting them, you know, so rather than trying to put like a $80,000 system on certain houses, we're going to get smaller systems that we can get to more people. You know, it's, it's a big, it's a big operation. There's a bunch of quite a few nonprofits with the same mission just since it's a hurricane Ida. So we're all working together to try to, you know, get people prepared because our, our grid is so vulnerable, you know, which in turn makes people vulnerable. Yeah. So we're doing our best to try to, you know, try to think ahead for next time because people don't want to leave. People, like people are not, people are not just shouldn't be expected just to pick up and move because a hurricane hit, you know, yeah. I think we're all going to be experiencing these things a lot more as the years come. And, you know, in certain cases, yes, that people will have to leave, but in most cases it's about having appropriate technology and appropriate mm-hmm. building buildings. Yeah. And making sure everyone benefits, not just the people in the, the, the wealthy neighborhoods. Exactly. Yep. That is, that is correct. Get, get the equipment out to people, which has been great. We've raised about 20 grand with that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also to say after Nuvo Electric got 20 grand in the Venmo, we switched it over to Lost Bayou Ramblers and, you know, we used all of our, all of our social networks to do this at the same time. And the Lost Bayou Ramblers ended up getting another 20. So, you know, and all that money went super quick. I mean, like every week we went, you know, like we would spend 10, 15 grand a day. Plus we'd be sending money to people in need and other organizations. And it was just, everyone was doing that. It was insane. The amount of mutual aid going on at the same time. Yeah. Wow. So I can talk about this stuff for a long time. <laughs> I think you could too, but uh, yeah. we're talking about the music and I want to make sure you talk about Tiny Island, which is, Michaud's Noe Maker's latest EP, which came out digitally in September, but will be available for purchase as a 12-inch in December. So it's going to be great timing for Christmas. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before we get to the music itself, how did this whole idea, because there was a video online with it too, how, how did this come together? It's funny because the last person I had a drink with <laughs> before the pandemic in New York at our live show at Pogatry was Ned Sublet. And it was the first time I got to meet him, one of my favorite authors. He wrote The Music of Cuba and The World That Made New Orleans from Congo, from Spanish Silver to Congo Square, two of my favorite books. And he had asked, he does these tours and he brings people to different areas. And, you know, he sets up bands and I was going to help him do a crawfish boil and play some music. We were scheduling that for a few weeks from then. And of course, it got canceled. So we went virtual instead. And my band Soul Creole played one of the first virtual concerts we did for him. We just filmed ourselves on the front of my little boat, my little studio boat. And that was that. And then we kept in touch. And he asked if I would do something with Misha's Melody Makers. I said, yeah, why don't, why don't we do Misha's Melody Makers with Layla? He said, that sounds great. He said, let, let me know how you want to do it. He said, why don't we record it? Why don't we film it at night on this little island I have? We arranged to film it at night in on this little tiny island that I that I have in this in this pond on my property. It was awesome. You know, it was like Fast Friends Company who Connor Reaver and uh, Samuel Kelly got together and brought their some real subtle lighting and their cameras and everything and they set up and we had it all set up 
around around dusk and we got everything together, made a little fire, and then Layla pulled up right in right in time. We proceeded to play our set. And as soon as we started playing, all the insects started chiming in, especially these little frogs. Yeah. And it's like as soon as we started playing, the frogs would start hitting these rhythms with us. And then we'd stop and they would stop. And then we'd play another song and the rhythms would change. They were completely tapping into what we were doing. Wow. And it was like, it made us laugh. You can hear us laugh on the recordings, you know? Yeah. It was a beautiful thing. So we really just did it just for Ned Sublet's post-Mambo tour, you know, just for the virtual tour. But then after watching it, like, man, this is really cool. We should release this. Just, just decided to get it out because if we didn't get it out now, we might never. You know, it's really a great snapshot of the pandemic of certain things that you would never have done in the normal world. You know, this is yeah. only something that would have happened in this special situation. So for us, it was, it was special for a few reasons and we wanted to put it out. And again, so I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. So uh, please jump in when I get them <laughs> wrong. So we'll start out with two steps to summary. Mm-hmm. And Good. then, yeah, <laughs> so this one I'm going to, La place sont tout sur la table, which I know I butchered. Yeah, table, table. Okay. And then Tab. Blue Runner, which I can't yeah. pronounce. Blue Runner, La Lune et Croche. Okay. So we're going to start with two steps to summer, summary. Mm-hmm. And what I remember, what jumped out to me when I first started hearing this, A, it's very different than the version on, on Blood Moon, but just remember you saying the last time we talked that you all don't rehearse. And it just makes me wonder how you all develop that chemistry, especially when you kind of add in Layla, who is probably not with you all, all the time when y'all are playing. Just how do you, because there is like a sense of, what's the word? I guess chemistry for lack of a better term, but how do you build that up? Because I just hear it in this song and throughout, but it just seems like, I know you don't rehearse, but there's a familiarity there that it's just hard to just, yeah, uh, I think, you know, I think I think the chemistry, first of all, is partially why certain musicians play together. You know, as far as Miso's Melody Makers with Brian and Kirkland and Mark, like when Mark played for, with us the first time, he had never played our tunes and never rehearsed, and he played with on stage just sitting in, and it went so well. We're like, hey, why don't you join the band? Because we have good chemistry, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he doesn't even play Cajun music. You know, that's a, he comes from such a diverse background of Phil, Glenn Bronca and Allen Ginsberg and R.E.M. and all these bands that he worked with, but never played Cajun music. You know, chemistry is definitely the right word. Same with Layla. Like, we've played together over the years, and it's always just been pretty just natural. It's not like we have to sit there and rehearse. And how does Layla influence that sound? Oh, man. You know, she she kind of has, I feel like with Misha's Melody Makers, we have such, you know, like the registers that we fill with Misha's Melody Makers are the high fiddle and then the low, like, samples and bass and drums. And Mark kind of floats around everywhere that there's there's this perfect kind of opening for a cello to fit in, you know. And she has a great ear and she is familiar with our music just in general. And she's an awesome musician, most importantly. And the cello really just fits in. It's like no one has to move out the way for anyone. You know, it's like, it's like there was just that, 
that hole waiting for her to fill. Mm. So what's is this song an original, by the way? Was written by my uncle Bobby and my uncle Rick. It's about my grandma, actually, from Patterson, Louisiana State Mary Parish. So it's a song of that my uncle Bobby, my uncle Rick, Rick wrote the music, and my uncle Bobby wrote the words. And it was on the first uh, Le Frabi Show album in 1986 called Elevé Apulet. It's kind of it's kind of fictitious. It's kind of about you know, like a guy going to meet going to meet to meet his girl and uh, trying to win his girl. So it's fictitious. It's about it's about my grandma because she's from St. Mary Parish, but it's not a true story necessarily. It's pretty cool. Uh, the lyrics are they're real fast and kind of wrapped in a sense. It's I paddled my boat. I, I, I trumped through the swamps. I battled the the mosquitoes in the cane, like the Rosso cane, the water cane, uh, where the where the snakes will slide from the stumps in the swamp. That's where I'm going to meet my beautiful Creole girl. It goes on. It's really, I'm getting chills talking about it. I, I never get to translate it to English. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great little song. It's fun. I mean, even in, even in English, that sounds like. <laughs> I know, I know. We were talking last time about how if you sung Cajun in a different language, it, it just it's not Cajun in a sense. But that's that's some poetry, right yeah. there. Yeah, it's full. It's full of that one. Yeah, and what I like about it, and this is again kind of gets back to our discussion earlier about just the different influences in this kind of music. But it almost could be a bluegrass song. But there's that you just add that you know, the, the Cajun element to it. So I just is is that just and this is probably sound like a dumb question, but is that just kind of the mixing of the cultures going on in Louisiana that kind of breeds this? You know, you can hear these different types of music all in one. Yeah, I mean, it's never thought never thought about it like that. I mean, I think I think that might go maybe just to the sense of the instrumentation. I don't know. I think it's just my, my uncle Rick just wrote the song, mm-hmm. you know. So ne- not necessarily like it's an original song, so it's not like the old traditional song. You know, Uncle Rick just wrote the song, and my dad learned it on accordion, and then Uncle Bobby wrote some lyrics. So it's just a newer Cajun song. I mean, it could be could be that it's influenced from 
you know, whatever they were into. <laughs> yeah. Which was growing up in the 60s, you know. Yeah. talked to this earlier about the, the way the bugs kind of start coming in on this one it really is quite surreal yes yes yeah so, it's like uh, frogs are almost playing a clave yeah so the second song i wanted to chat about and this one i'm going to have to call surlat is it Tab? is that tab yeah. yeah okay so this is this is a is this a traditional song? I, I feel like I did some research and the name, and I'm going to get this name wrong too, like Kenray Fontenot? Is... Yep, Kenray Fontenot, that's correct. Okay, exactly. Cool. He's the only one I've ever heard play the song. I mean, he's the only one I've ever, that was recorded playing the song at least. And, you know, I don't know of anyone else, but he, he's, I mean, he's kind of the quintessential Creole fiddler, if you will, besides like Bebe Carrier and, you know, some others. But he was, he will always be seen as when you say Creole fiddle, you think Kenny Fontenot. Mm-hmm. And this is a song that I actually learned playing with the Fidami show as well. My Uncle Bobby used to sing it. And it's a, it's just such a great, just a great song. You know, where can I go to find a do nothing job? Where can I go to find the place already on the table? Where can I go to find a wife like mine? When I'm hungry, she's hungry too. <laughs> Uh, and then, the, and then, where can I go to find the place already set on the table? Real simple, but real, just you know, kind of, uh, kind of joking and playful in that in that way. How did you come up with the arrangement for this? Oh, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's to us, it's just, we both know the song and we just, we just play it. We just figure it out as we go every time, pretty much, you know, we do, we do it a little bit different every time. Like I was kind of looking at her and like, are you going to do the turn or am I going to do the turn? Are we going to, who's going to sing? We don't really don't even have a, a set arrangement. Every time we play it, we just kind of take turns in different ways, you know, mm-hmm. which is fun.
So the the last song I wanted to, to highlight, and again, thank you for your time tonight, Louis, is Blue Runner, La Luna Es, and that's Es Croce. Yeah, A, E-S-T is A, uh, oh, La Luna, okay. yeah, La Luna Cross, and yeah. Blue Runner. Yeah, I love how this song starts. Just, it almost seems like a bit of a duel between the fiddle and the cello. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a definitely that's like one of the Creole like that's like one of the, the Creole standards, Blue Runner that you know, so many people play now. It's just such a great Creole song and it kinda goes kinda gets into the Willie Duriso territory with that song. Yeah, Blue Runner is just a standard, but it's like such a cool song. And Layla had learned it. I I play it, and I I like how she plays it. So I have her start it. You know, she's like, "Why don't you start it? Like, no, why don't you start it?" <laughs> and then the funny thing is, is you know, Blue Runner is, it kind of pulls in this quintessential rhythm that's in Creole and Cajun music. And so when I was writing La Lune Croche, which I wrote with a band from France called Le Peuple de l'Herbe, which means the people of the herb, they're kind of like a uh, kind of like a hip hop. MC group from France, kind of like the Beastie Boys, or I don't know what else to compare them to. So when I, when they they sent me the first beat, I could just feel, you know, I feel like they really tapped in, and I could just feel that Blue Runner-ish feel. I mean, not not that I was thinking Blue Runner, but the way that the rhythm hit, I just started playing the fiddle to it, and it has that same that same kind of intro to Blue Runner feel. So the two the two songs just went together so naturally that we just slid right into La Luna Cross. Hmm. La Luna Cross are some of my some of the lyrics I'm prouder of. It's a love song to both New Orleans and to my wife, you know, because they kind of have the same things you love about them. But it's it's like I'm talking about New Orleans in a certain sense, but it's like, it's like inspired by my wife. So it, she's because my my wife is not old like New Orleans, so I can't say it's about my wife necessarily because there's parts mm-hmm. that don't fit. You know? <laughs> 
Elle est vieille, elle est belle. She's old and she's beautiful. Garnished in pearl. She smells like tropical flowers. In wood, of wood and iron, I follow behind to get a, a taste of her fruits. The, the town is crooked, but she's, but she's close. It, it rhymes. La ville est croche, mais elle est proche. The town is crooked because New Orleans, the whole thing about croche, is it's a musical concept for us in Cajun music. It means that the way that the music is kind of crooked and not straight. Hmm. Kind of like that Blue Runner feel, you know, it's like it's straight, but it's crooked. And so New Orleans is also croche because it's crooked like the crescent. And it's bent like the moon, the crescent city. Okay, yeah. So that's where the imagery comes in. La ville croche, mais elle est proche. Rooted in the, 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 the city is crooked, but it's close. And it's also crooked in other ways, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. uh, I'm in DC, the, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. Uh, rooted in the swamp. Her her sidewalks, which we call banquettes. I don't know if you know in New Orleans, they, they, they still use a French word for sidewalk banquette. The banquettes are crooked, just like her hips. Her people are beautiful. And then it's, my belly cross coming to Mississippi. My girl is crooked like the Mississippi. So it's it's a lot of imagery and just kind of an, an homage to New Orleans. Yeah, we just had to release it, you know, just one of those things yeah. like, well, you know, we could we could have done better with this and that and you know, it was a little tricky with the recording and all that, but it was just like the energy was there and so let's just release it because mm-hmm. if we don't it it'll never happen again and it's just one of those things. So Yeah. Well, we're glad you did. So <laughs> well, how so how can people get a copy of it? Especially you know, they can get it on Spotify and all that, but for the twelve inch, what's the best way for folks to get that so it's available on nouveauelectricrecords.com and of course that's n-o-u-v-e-a-u electricrecords.com and also our band camp which is nouveauelectricrecords.bandcamp.com and we're doing a limited run of 12 inch vinyl and because there's only five songs we're doing it 45 rpm Hmm. so it's kind of the the best you know the best sonic qualities of a record so you have it at the widest grooves on a 12-inch record. So it's going to be a special a special thing where you're doing an island at night theme. Uh, they call it orb, where you stick a, a blob of one color in the middle and another color on the outside. It makes like a kind of island in the middle of the vinyl and the colored vinyl. Wow. Cool. Well, so we will push folks to the website. And as we wrap up, is anything uh, you any tour? I know you've been doing some live streaming. Is that still kind of the, the best way to, to track you guys if you can't make it to New Orleans or 
Lafayette, whatever the area is. Yeah, we're not, not doing any, any live streaming. Thank, thank goodness. <laughs> it was nice while it lasted. It was nice. Mm-hmm. It was heated and it was amazing that everyone pulled together to make it happen, but so nice to be able to play music live for people. Um, you know, we're still dealing with canceled festivals and such, but we've been busy enough playing mainly in New Orleans. So, yep, just glad to be back performing and, uh, been busy with the label as well. So plenty of new releases to come. Cool. Well, we'll be looking forward to it. And thank you again so much for your time tonight, Louie. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Rob. Well, thank you, Louis, for giving me such time and for going into such detail about what you're doing with the Louisiana Solar Fund and so much more. So remember, Nouveau Electric Records, go get that 12-inch. Go to louisianasolarfund.org, make some donations, and stay tuned because I do have more stuff coming. I don't know when I'm going to get it done, but it is going to get done before the end of the year. So, yeah, happy Thanksgiving and talk to you all soon.